In our last episode, there was some good news and some bad news. Life hangs in the balance. After Rovash tried to save EJ and Fiona from a deadly great lion, the good news is you get to hear the rest of the story right now. My name is Carly Bond, and you're listening to Tales of Eldalorn, Chapter 17, The Great War. Well, you are no help at all. Fiona heard Ejlam's voice as she opened her eyes. She found herself naked and washed clean in her own bed. I am turned into nursemaid to all of my kin just by virtue of my timely visit, EJ continued. He really didn't seem too disturbed by it as he smiled happily at her. Fiona tried to chuckle, but it hurt. The sharp pain seemed to be a torn rib or something in her back. You have sustained some bad cuts and bruises from the lion, my love. I have slept with you to make them heal faster. He reached over and gently pat her on the shoulder. Ejlam lay head to toe, unabashedly stark naked, propped up on one elbow next to her. I have never seen, her eyes grew large, been a snake. She decided to stop talking and pull her blanket up towards her chin a little more while she stared at him. Fiona was suddenly feeling the need for modesty. Oh, the blush of my betrothed delights my heart. Ejlam's long eyelashes made him look even more handsome as he teased her. She seemed to sink even deeper under her blanket, a weak smile on her lips. Did you know Edelin males are sometimes mistaken for female by humans? Strangely, humans think we all look alike, EJ said, trying to help her feel more at ease. No. Yes, he echoed with his eyebrows lifting in mock surprise. Some other time we will talk about this in more detail when you are well. A tiny flash of longing crossed his face, but considering the situation, he bit down hard on his lip. EJ gazed at her innocence, staring blatantly back at him. It is not always easy to have to explain such things with only words, my love. EJ spoke calmly through the pain. 
Fiona could see his face had turned a light pink blush, and she pulled herself up closer to get a better look at him. He grinned at her being so close as she playfully rubbed her nose on his. I do not think the soldiers would have left me alone in this room with you had they thought I was male, E.J. whispered. But all the better for me is their ignorance. He grinned shamelessly. Fiona became suddenly aware that E.J. had bathed all the blood off her naked body and tended to her wounds. Then she realized he must have done the same thing for Rovash and himself and the whole ordeal turned into a horrible, daunting nightmare of a task. She knew it could not have been easy, especially in knowing his only kin were both half-dead. Sleeping together. You have told me this before. Does that do something? I mean, other than getting rest, Fiona asked. Her hand inspected the lines of his body as if it were her own. Yes. Yes, it does, his voice purred under her warm, exploring touch. Edelin heal very fast, especially together. Did you also never know this? He looked utterly baffled at her. Fiona didn't feel so self-conscious anymore. She rolled onto her back to inspect the claw wounds that were just above her right knee. Thin pink lines ran across into her inner thigh. The skin tissue had mended perfectly together. The lion had almost taken your leg off, my love. E.J.'s face grew sad with concern as he gently touched the healed wound with his hand. Fiona felt tingling where he ran his fingers. Then you, asking me to sleep with you, that was to heal me? she asked. Images of the stumbling, pale, thin form of E.J. flashed in her head. And to heal you as well. I mean, back at Papa's house. Yes, my love. I can understand how you would feel such desire for me as to fear for your maidenhood, he teased as he leaned over even closer. The air surrounding them was thick with a seriousness that Fiona did not recognize. Oh, gods, Fiona grunted playfully. You have no shame whatsoever. She poked him hard in the chest with her fingertip. Oh, I am stabbed by my beloved's truth. Ejelm feigned a dying pain in his heart as he fell dramatically onto his back. His sparkling hair spread out all over the soft pillow beneath his head.
Our brother is not so lucky as you. Eachlem changed the subject, keeping his eyes on the ceiling. He is half-human, so he will need healing for much longer. I will stay with him now. He should not be left alone. EJ gave Fiona a forlorn look. His eyes began to well up with tears, just thinking about the damage his brother had sustained while fighting to save them. Can I... Should I sleep with him too? Fiona asked, feeling the fear of the unknown. Yes, Fiona. Your Edelin warmth will help Rovash heal as well, EJ gently assured her. He wiped his eyes. EJ rolled over to cradle her face in his hands and look at her nose to nose. Ed Helen always live close to one another for comfort and healing. You should never sleep alone if it can be helped. I would never have thought it proper. Fiona stared back at him so close. I wonder what humans think of us. You have lived among the humans too long, Fiona. I do not care what they think. We are kin, and it is proper to help one another, especially in such despair. He looked frustrated. I hope my brother will wake soon. EJ worried. Fiona could see he was distressed and wondered if there was still a question whether Rovash would even survive. Fiona was afraid to ask. She snuggled up into Ejlam's bare chest. EJ smiled and rubbed her shoulder lovingly as he buried his face in her red hair. He curled himself towards her for a full-body hug. Fiona's sore back sharply flared, and she grunted in pain. You need more care, my Fiona. EJ looked concerned. She cuddled closer, realizing the sober truth of his words. I was scared when I first met your brother. Fiona changed the subject, purposely distracting EJ from worry. He is so giant, Fiona said. From my earliest memory, it was like that, even as small ones. The others in our village were not always kind, because Roe is half-human. He could be cruel to me as well. I think because he felt at times like a monster, he acted like one. But I could never stay angry with him. He is my brother. Roe met his uncle. He was from Darjilia. His father died before he could find him. So his uncle brought him to see his father's grave, and the stone had your mother's name on it. It turns out they were hand-fasted in love. That was good for him to know, E.J. said. He told me this just recently, after I discovered you were his family, and he had a mother. Your mother? Have you thought about her very much since your return? I try not to, E.J. said soberly. 
Ro understands her leaving was not your fault, E.J. He blames himself as the elder son for not paying enough attention to her in her condition. I know now how Ro wishes things had been different between us. He gave her a weak smile. Maybe the future will hold more joy, E.J. said with a resigned breath. Fiona leaned over and kissed him solidly on his pouting lips. A thousand unspoken words passed between their eyes. Ejlum suddenly remembered the rings Master Fargal had sent with them. Here, my love. He took one off and slowly slipped it onto her left thumb. Fiona peered curiously at the swirling waves on its surface as she felt the band size down to fit her. Your papa sends these for us, E.J. showed her the matching one. He somehow knew I was going to ask for your heart. He kissed her softly, wanting to linger in that moment forever. Putting the ring on her finger brought them back to where they had started and their betrothal made them both smile. Forehead to forehead, they felt the glow of their love for one another. So, are you going to get up and make me breakfast, Gwenegbess? E.J. whispered as he used the word wife to tease her. But he only managed to look cute. Fiona laughed. Yes, my Benig. She tried to put on a dutiful face as she called him husband. He delighted in her words as he followed her out of bed. I have no intention of making my beloved ever toil alone, E.J. said, and he kissed her again on the forehead. They both smiled and took care of each other as it would always be between them. And now, a 60-second break for our sponsor. The kingdom was not well where Rovash stood on the edge of the plains. He could see dark clouds boiling unnaturally to the east, over the mountain range, he had returned to the fellowship of his uncle as a changed man. When the other men saw his healed eye, they had to believe his report. They gathered around to hear the story of the beautiful elven Queen Galbraith. It had been nearly a whole year and a half since he entered the domain of Karis Elderhan. His uncle though still alive, was starting to show his age. How old are you, uncle? Roe asked by the night fire. Oh, I'm only 880 years. I have a little ways to go yet, Kalen said, but he was feeling the pain of his bones. I am slowing down a bit. 
A man such as you should be living in a warm castle with many fat women, and not this constant warring to worry the mind, Roe added loudly. All the men laughed at that. Ay, that we could, Caelan retorted. But the sorcerer, Sermanos, has risen to power with a full army of fierce icy mutants. I've heard reports of the people of Renoble and their exile to Dunsbarath. Caelan looked sharply at his men. If it were not for the last-minute aid of Ettenfall's warriors and the skill of the horsemen of Renoble, they surely would have all perished. We, too, will be called to fight soon, he trailed off. Pray, then, tell me a tale of my father, dear uncle, so that I may pass this time with you happily, Rose said as he gulped down the last of the warmth out of his metal tankard. I will say this, nephew, your father was known best as a strong, imposing, but fair man. He was a good commander, and a noble leader of many of his age. But as a boy, he was not as kind to his younger brother. Caelan smiled, reminiscing. He sent me many times on a challenge to catch the elusive water snipe on the edge of the river. I was told it was a test of manhood. Everybody around the fire listening moaned and chuckled knowingly. One evening I spied a fair crop of hair on the other side of the river, and with a shower of pebbles sent another young boy screaming in fear back to his mother's bosom. Kalin laughed raucously at the memory. Rovash just smirked to himself. In those days, elven youths played at a rebel war against the human boys across the river, and it was a serious affair. It was a bad night when E.J. came back, bloodied with a brazen human hot on his heels. I did the same trick to my younger brother, Rovash confessed, trying not to think on it. I am glad no harm ever came of it, considering the true monsters of those dark days. Eh, the men all agreed, shaking their heads, thinking of their own families. The sound of clanking tankards could be heard around the campfire. The men drank up in agreement as they waited for the next battle to find them. Fiona and Ejlam crawled up into the large, soft bed and lay on each side of the unconscious Rovash. They pillowed their heads next to his shoulders. Gently reaching across his bandaged chest, they locked hands. Good night, my love. You will have much needed healing as well, E.J. whispered. Much to Fiona's displeasure, the men took turns guarding their commander and there was one in the room watching around the clock. This is going to be hard to explain, was all she could think. The Darjilian people 
are different from the rest of humankind here in Angheli. They are blessed by the lords for having aided the Edelin when they first entered this realm. The blessing was the length of life of a thousand years. So now you can see why Uncle Kalin is getting up in age and Rovash wants him to live a comfortable life. But hey, wait, this is a flashback of the Third Era during the Great War. Ah, the good old days of Darjilian camaraderie, bathed in the blood of our enemies. It's all coming back to me now. If you like what you hear, give me a five-star rating. And spread the news. Eldalorn is a great place to get away from it all. So come back next week for another episode of Tales of Eldalorn and bring your friends. There's a lot more story to be told. Elvish Lesson of the Day Avo, Davo, Amor Do not yield to darkness. These are good words to live by. Little known fact, but this is the motto of the elite Darjilian Rangers. Yeah, those were the guys from Ilian Henny, where Rovash's uncle Kalin was their commander. Avo, Davo, Amor. Do not yield to darkness. In other words, stay out of trouble. Yeah. Thank you.